Hey, Fedheads. Welcome back to a kind of surprise episode of Sharing Our Pairings. We weren't really planning on having a show this week, but figured, uh, why not? We're both home. We both have cigars. Hey, Fedheads. Well. Welcome back to uh, a kind of surprise fun. episode so of Sharing we Our Pairings. Are, we I'm weren't really trip. planning on having we a show this week. We are live, broadcast around the world. Uh, why not? We're both home. We both have live cigars. On Facebook. Hey, Fedheads. Welcome back to uh, a kind of surprise episode of Sharing Our Pairings. We are really planning on having a show this week. We are live, broadcast around the world. Why not? We're both home. We both have yeah me too <laughs> uh so the cigar we're smoking so i just realized that i've got the uh the facebook the little facebook widget is on the wrong episode so i just got to fix that real quick here um you can try to fill some time if you want dennis while i'm trying to do this i'm gonna give a spoiler here on the cigar i'm, I'm actually kind of digging it oh Even good though i just lit it you know a few minutes ago um i'm i'm actually kind of impressed with it so far uh, which I was not expecting. Uh, so the cigar we're smoking, I, uh, it's arguably the greatest broadleaf cigar of all time <laughs> because I myself blended it. Um, and it appears based on my sheet that I had a little bit of help because I uh, I forgot to put in some Seiko. So they took care of that for me. Um, so what we're smoking tonight, and sorry that I look distracted. I'm just trying to fix that Facebook widget. But I can talk about this part easily. Um so what we're smoking tonight is the Safari Blend that I made this past, uh, was it February this year that we went? I, I want to say it was March. I feel like it was it, March. Yeah, I think, it, I think you might be right. Uh, it was either February or March. Um, and, of course, on Cigar Safari, uh, you get to blend your own cigar, which is kind of the, I mean, it's kind of the highlight of the trip. That's what justifies all that cost of going there and stuff. Uh, you are doing a bunch of cool stuff. They're paying for your room and board. It's all taken care of. Um, but the one thing that you can't do anywhere else is blend your own cigar. Um, and it's, I mean, I, we've talked about it a bunch of times before, but I'll talk about it a little bit again just to give people an idea uh, if you've never been on Cigar Safari. So the you get there and uh, you arrive in Managua. They take care of the transportation and everything. They get you all on a bus together that they own. And then on the drive to Drew Estate, you've got some cigars uh, in the bus. They've got some beers ice cold and ready for you uh, or soda, if that's your preference. And you stop for lunch on the way. And then the first night is just kind of a hangout and meet everybody that you're there with. Because you're, I mean, you're in a, a foreign country. For, for people who've never been there before, um, they definitely take a lot of the intimidation out of flying to a third world country to go on a three-day vacation yeah. um, because they take care of everything for you and then you get a little bit of time to get to know the guys that you're with, uh, which even whether you know them or not is kind of a fun night because you're getting to either see people you haven't seen in a while or you're meeting a bunch of new people hanging out smoking cigars. And then over the next couple days, you do some tours. So the first day uh, is kind of the, the starter tour. You tour the fields, you tour Hoya de Nicaragua, and you get to blend your own cigar over at Hoya de Nicaragua. And then the second day, um, and actually, let me backtrack for a second. The, as we've said before, the Hoya de Nicaragua blending session is very different from the Drew Estate one, because they basically give you three... It changes every year between three and five wrappers, and then between three and five, or about nine fillers. And you just kind of check the boxes and choose which ones you want and how strong you want it to be. And they make it really simple and straightforward. Uh, the Drew Estate one, they just kind of put you in a room, which is the same room where everybody at Drew Estate does you know, their, their blending sessions. And they, you just have at it. You can touch the tobacco. You can smoke the tobacco. You can eat the tobacco. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, and they've got, like, they've got a ton of options, and they're adding more every year. Um, the first year that I was there, they didn't have KFC yet. But now you can add KFC if that's what you want to do. Um, I think sometimes they'll let people use the Florida Sun Grown, depending on how much they have at the moment. Um, it's pretty cool. But this is the result of my third attempt at blending. And I'll, I'll talk about the blend a little bit here. So the Vitola is, I wanted, uh, it's kind of my favorite size, which is like a Super Lonsdale. So it's a 7, a seven by 46. Um there aren't very many of these out in the wild. Like this isn't a size you often see. It's usually like six by forty-six or seven by forty-nine or something like that, like Churchill or smaller, like a Lancero or a wide Lancero. But I wanted to do something a little different. And uh, for anyone who's never seen one, this is what the menu looks like. The menu's the tobacco. 
menu de tobaccos um, at Drew Estate. So it's got all your information on blending and it tells you about the different parts of the leaves. Um, and then, of course, you've got the lists of all the different tobaccos that you can use. I mean, th this is just the wrappers right here. It's, it's a bunch. Um, so what this is, this is a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, a Mexican San Andreas binder, which um, I think the previous year I did the opposite um, and just wanted to try it this way. And then the filler is, like I said, I, I forgot to add a Seiko leaf. And so they added some ASP Esteli Seiko for me, uh, which is good. That's, in, in my opinion, out of the stuff they give you while you're there, that's kind of the, the ASP Esteli tobacco is top notch. Um, and then my Visos, I have three Viso leaves. So I expect this to be a little more complex than it is spicy because um, it's got three Viso leaves, which are ASP Lajero from Esteli, JM, or ASP Viso, rather, from Esteli, JM Viso from Esteli, and uh, Jalapa Viso from the, uh, the Drew Estate farm up there. And then half a leaf each of ASP Lajero and Drew Estate Jalapa Lajero. Um, so it should have, like, the ASP Lajero tends to have a ton of, like, that black pepper spice. And then the uh, Jalapa Lajero tends to be really sweet, but still have a lot of spicy backbone. So... I'm excited to get into this a little bit and, and see if I did okay. Because it's it really is like, unless you know what you're doing, you can't just write down a blend and have it be good. Like, even the best blenders, they write down a blend and then iterate on it for months. Um, so you can't expect these things to be amazing. But it's interesting to see what you can do just like, you know, coming up with your own recipe. And it's also when you're at Drew Estate, you have so many options. Yeah. So you, you can really, even if... Let's say if you're somebody who's experienced, who knows what you're doing a little bit better, you can do something really cool. And even if you're a beginner, you've never really even seen a tobacco leaf in person in that form, you can still dive in and you can still make something really cool. Yeah. And it's really cool that like the whole experience of being able to take some freshly rolled tobaccos or some, uh, yeah, so to take some tobaccos right off of like the shelf and roll them and smoke them is a really cool experience. Uh, it's and the coolest part is the first year that we were there, I had Henry, who uh, he used to be, uh, he started as a roller at Drew Estate, and now he's kind of their their head tour guide. Um, he rolled mine for me because I couldn't do it. I was too bad at it. Then the second year, Willie Herrera rolled it for me, which was, yeah. uh, which is just cool. Like, you know, that's Willie Herrera. He's kind of a, maybe the legend isn't the right word, but he's, he's a big deal uh, in, in tobacco which is awesome. Uh, and then last year, or this year rather, I actually rolled it myself, which is a big step. Uh, and it, it turned out pretty awful, but it was smokable. <laughs> I don't know. I have to say you did a good job with these. are pretty uniform looking. Well, I didn't roll all of these. I just rolled one <laughs> yeah, sample, man. Yeah. Uh, Bob, Bob Langmaid has the right term. Icon. He's an icon in icon. the industry. He is He's not a legend absolutely. yet. He's definitely an icon. Um, That's a good way to put it. Uh, and what's up to everybody watching? We're getting a lot of shout-outs from uh, Gerardo or Gerardo, I'm not sure which, uh, Rob and Jose. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. So, Dennis, what do you think so far? You know, I now it's warming up a little bit. I'm getting a lot of sweetness. Not much spice, but I'm getting definitely mm -hmm. the sweetness that I love, especially about Nicaraguan tobacco. It's not just a lot of people talk about Nicaraguan tobacco and they say, oh, it's just really strong. There's more to it than that. There's a lot of flavor. There's a lot of that subtle sweetness that comes out. So it's cool, man. I, I'm actually liking it so far. And the Vitola for me is also really up my alley. So I'm kind of biased a little bit in that way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first year I think I did a Lancero. No, the first, first year I did like a 6x44. Um, and I just thought for me as a novice blender, I needed more room to play with the blend. Um, because I think, I mean, all cigars are hard to blend. But it's harder when you are working with three leaves than when you're working with five leaves. Uh, you've just got less margin for error and you've got it's easier to make it complex with more ingredients than uh, to know specifically which three ingredients would go best together. So when you're throwing it up against the wall like this, it's, you know, six leaves is easier than three. Oh, definitely. And of course, we're not just here to talk about tobacco, um, though, of course, we'll be doing a lot of that tonight. Uh, we're here to talk about beverages. And I've got I think I, I did a pretty good job this week. I think I got a good spread of different kinds of beverages. Uh, and the first one, like, I, I'm in love with this. So it's got a really cool, like, art deco-y modern kind of can. Um, and this is, like, uh, 
a Pacific Northwest or a West Coast Beer Geeks like dream brew. Uh, so this is a collaboration between Modern Times, who are kind of the they're kind of an up and comer in on the West Coast. Uh, they're really kind of established by now, but a couple years ago they were kind of unknown. And I think they I don't have notes on them, but I think they started in like 2012 or 2011. They haven't been around that long. Um, and only in the last two years have they been distributed anywhere outside of, uh, it looks like 70s wallpaper, Jose. That's so right. It looks exactly like 70s wallpaper, like the color scheme and everything. Um, but so Modern Times is based in San Diego. And until three years ago, you couldn't get them anywhere outside of Southern California. And then about two years ago, they expanded into more of California and I actually got a couple cans or bottles, I don't remember which, from Rob, because he was excited that he was finally able to get it. And, I mean, he's only eight hours away from him. And then last year, they expanded their distribution up to the rest of the Pacific Northwest. Um, so it's now available across Oregon and Washington. Um, and I think there might be a couple more states uh, where they're available. They might even be available as far north as Canada, but I'm not sure about that. But... Uh, this they uh, they announced earlier this year that they are taking over the brewery that the Commons owns. It's not they're not super widely known. They're mostly known for sours uh, and like farmhouse style ales. But they're ba they're in downtown Portland. And Modern Times announced earlier this year that they're going to be expanding and opening their brewery in that brewery. They're basically taking over an existing brewery and just renting it out from them. Uh, so the Commons is closing. Uh, and this is a collaboration between them and Great Notion Brewing, which is kind of the up-and-comer of Portland. They're not available. Uh, so this is the brewery that a few weeks ago, actually, I guess it was a few months ago when I had Matt on the show. We were talking about how in New Jersey on Saturday morning, you wake up and you go to a brewery so that you can buy their latest release in a growler or a crowler or cans uh because if you don't buy it before noon that day you'll never be able to find it again uh like people wait in line days all night uh to get their hands on a beer which is insane to me and i said that doesn't happen here and then a couple weeks later i learned that it does we have one specific brewery <laughs> that does this uh which is great notion and it's because they're the only brewery in the northwest really that is like well known for making milkshake ipas fruity ipas stuff like that the 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 east coast styles uh that really haven't become popular out here there's nobody they're the only ones who pays their bills making beers like that everybody else does it once in a while as a one-off as a special edition or limited and they are the only company that i know of at least that is kind of specializing in those east coast styles that's out on the west coast and they went to the Great American Beer Fest, and they got number one uh, for one of their IPAs. I don't recall which one it was. And from what I've heard, they were kind of the busiest booth at the entire show, which is insane. Um, and so they are really getting popular. They're, they're just starting to expand their brewing. Um, I think soon they're going to be bottling and canning stuff that's actually available in grocery stores. Um, right now, everything they sell is from their brewery or in kegs at Tap House. Um, but now that I've talked about that, they did a collaboration to make a East Coast style IPA. And I was showing Dennis before. I mean, it looks it's insane. Incredible. It's like, as you can see on camera, it looks a little more yellow on camera than it actually is. It's actually more of like a, uh, a mango orange juice kind of orange, but it's completely opaque and completely like solidly one color usually you see like some bubbles moving around and stuff in there and this it just looks like sunny delight or something like, that's exactly what i was thinking actually sunny it's delight like opaque bright orange um and they don't say that this is a milkshake ipa they don't say whether there's lactose but there's also not a lot of details at all available on it um i would believe if you told me that there was lactose because it's got kind of that milky opaque color um Secret but either sauce. way it's Oh, it's super fruity and super hoppy. So I'll, I, I've talked for a long time. I'll let you talk about yours a little bit before I, uh, Dude, I start am, drinking. I am it. so jealous. That beer looks incredible. And my, my first beer of the night. I'll, I'll send oh, you a kiss. Awesome. Thanks, man. So my, my first beer of the night is uh, kind of weird looking, as with most of my beers. But this one in particular, you can see that sediment on the bottom, all that 
It's not yeast. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's I, not. I'm not entirely sure that's safe to drink, though. <laughs> I, it's, it's kind of weird, right? It's, um, this is a collaboration project of Stones for 2017. It's a garage project and uh, uh, Beaver Town. So Beaver Town's out in the UK. Garage project is out in New Zealand. And those guys came out to Stone out west and they said, hey, let's do a, a project together. Let's make a beer, make an IPA. This is a double IPA called Frutalica. You guys can see that. It's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Clearly a Metallica reference, right? There's a, a Ride the Lightning reference on the back. But um, the interesting thing about it, it's it's 8%. Uh, yep, 8%. And it's got kiwi, it's got yuzu, and it has habanero, which I haven't noticed the habanero yet. So maybe it's very subtle, but uh, definitely really fruity on the nose. Like you can, you can tell for sure this has some fruits added in after. The yeah. It's... Uh, I don't know how I feel about it, actually. I don't want to say it's my favorite IPA, but I also don't want to say it's not good yet. You know, I want to dig into it a little bit. So I think for this um, Fortunate Sun is what it's called. I don't remember if I ever even mentioned that. Um, and another really cool thing about it, so I love Born on Dates for beer. Um, I know that a lot of people dislike it, especially within the industry, because they feel like people are going to go to the store, they're just going to want the freshest can. And if yours... If your beer is two weeks old and there's another beer next to it that's a week old, that means that you just lost a sale. Um, but I, I like to know because with beers like this, they age insanely fast. Um, like this is already less hoppy and more fruity than it was when I first got it, which was about a week and a half ago. Um, and I know from uh, a beer that I had a, a couple months ago, Sticky Hands, I, I had a beer a batch that had been brewed on Monday. And I was drinking it, of course, on Wednesday during the show. And by Saturday, I could taste the difference. Like, it's, there's, a day makes a difference in something that's as fresh and as hoppy as this. But a really cool thing, so not only does it have the born date, but they numbered the cans. So it won't quite focus. But this is can number 18740, which I've never seen before. That's kind of cool. So, on to the beer, though. I feel like this is the kind of IPA that can actually go with a cigar really well because rather than having that like astringent, intense citrusy hops that almost blows your palate out, the hops in this is pretty restrained, but it's got like a like a fruity sweetness with a creamy element. So I really wouldn't be surprised if it had milk solids Lactose. in there. Yeah, yeah, because first of all, it looks like it does, but secondly, it's got that kind of like creamy. Uh, like creamsicle kind of flavor that and texture that you always get from beers that have lactose in there. And I think that actually offsets the hoppiness really well and makes it play a little nicer with the cigar than it would have otherwise. It sounds How's the very Frutalica tasty. working? It sounds like the Frutalica uh, might actually taste kind of similar or at least hit some of the same. You know, it's, it's really, yeah, it, it does a little bit, but only on the nose and that's the thing that those fruit flavors don't translate very well to the actual mouthfeel the palate feel they're pretty subdued actually and i've been struggling with stone lately unfortunately i love ipas i i was always a big fan of stone i've been struggling with them lately um and i too. think it's not Absolutely. necessarily their fault right it's it's not their fault i think it's mostly the fact that the market these days is so heavy with all these lactose funky kind of ipas so they're competing as a traditional brand, technically, in the IPA scene, yeah, with all these experimental brands. Well, th that's the thing about Stone, is that um, they cemented their reputation on making some of the most solid IPAs out there. And then they kind of shelved all of those, or not really shelved, they basically hired people to put those into full production all the time so that they're always there. And now their main brewing team seems to focus on making these crazy beers, like beers with chunks of yuzu floating in the pot. Yeah. <laughs> and like they, everything they make now that's not one of their core brands is something weird. And I mean, I really like everything stone, everything I've really had from stone for the most part. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're making crazy stuff and you're experimenting, you're not always going to have a winner. I mean, that's just the nature of it. Absolutely. Um, and I, I love the fact that they, they try. They at least make that effort to push the limit a little. So absolutely, kudos to them. I think the beer for me is kind of half and half. I, I would drink it again, though. It's not a bad beer. Uh, I would easily yeah. go to the store and, and buy another one. Yeah. As far and, as cigar and, pairing, probably I'd say closer to no. Okay. 
So Jose says he feels like Stone's Enjoy By series has really fallen off, uh, which I absolutely agree with. But I think part of that is not their fault, and it's not uh, it's not even representative of the quality of the beer. It's that when they created that, nobody else was making fresh IPAs that were made to drink right now that you yeah. could get pretty much anywhere in the country. I mean, there were a few. Like that's that's what made Pliny so popular. Pliny was in the 90s was making a beer that was insanely hoppy and if you don't drink it today it's going to be worse tomorrow than it is today um and stone's marketing worked really well for that um but now when i go to the store there's 10 other beers that are the same quality and and they're made like that they're made not to stay good for very long they just don't market it that way um and i think the the consumers have kind of caught on to that but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple more sips of my beer here because this is really good. So I actually I, I thought of something interesting and I just realized this is most likely true with especially these days with the hopped industry where IPAs are just really everybody's pushing the next level of hoppiness. I feel like because of the fact that you know it's so volatile, you have to drink it fresh, otherwise it doesn't taste as good. It's almost like the airline food industry where they oversalt, they overseason, they have to, right? There's yeah. this whole thing where altitude palate's not quite able so and they kind of expect all right this is going to sit on the shelf for about two weeks so we want it to be good in two weeks maybe not necessarily yeah exactly so they're accounting for that which is really interesting yeah that that's exactly what i mean is that uh before enjoy by that's what everybody did and after enjoy by there's a lot of breweries out there that are brewing their beer to be drank right now um sticky hands is an example that i talked about already a little bit um, and when I had them on the show, I talked about how they deliver weekly. Um, they brew a new batch every week and deliver that batch within two weeks. Um, so unless the beer has been sitting in the store for a while, uh, they never they don't keep their beer in a warehouse for any amount of time. Um, they just get it to the store as soon as possible. And like I had one last night. I'll look at the can here. Uh, this was brewed on the 18th. So that was about a week ago. Um, and I mean, that's just a beer I can buy at the grocery store, but I mean, Portland's kind of a special case, but still that more breweries are doing that kind of thing now. And this fortunate son, man, I can't wait to get you a can of this. I hope I, I hope I can get more, um, because I'm not certain how limited it is. And I know that at the brewery, they have a bunch, so I might have to drive down there. That sounds um, awesome. But as far as I know, this is going to be like a one and done kind of production. So I'm really hoping I can get my hands on more because I only have one can left. Yeah, fair enough. I think actually, so I just, I hit the bottom of my glass and I'm, I'm drinking this sludge right now. Yeah. And this is definitely for sure. Uh, Wait, it's, it's what not, for sure? It, it's yuzu. Oh, okay. So, like that sweet, um, sour, citrusy. Yes. So it's actually really good. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe if the entire beer was made up of this stuff, it would be that much better. So, um, at uh so actually so the the place where i this yuzu just reminded me of it so i'm going to talk about it um so there is a fancy pants ramen place downtown it's called afuri and it's a big deal because like it was the uh the number one ramen chain in tokyo known for being like super high-end really good ramen that you can't get anything that compares anywhere else and they announced that they were looking for a location outside of Tokyo to make a store or make a restaurant. And they ended up after some like weird, like not quite on the same level as that whole Amazon thing where they've got like people, they've got cities begging them, but they did have people begging them to move to their city because everybody wanted this ramen shop, I guess. Uh, but they chose Portland, something about the water quality. And they were right next door to the commons, which is, it, it is now going to be, modern times coming soon um but they had a yuzu farmhouse ale that was specially made and only available in the restaurant on tap and it was so good because their whole thing was yuzu because they uh their whole signature thing is like their broth has yuzu or something um but i just it was a really really good beer that i wish that i could get in a can and i wish didn't not exist anymore <laughs> but that's the way it goes um and how's a cigar treating you? I'm I'm trying to focus on. I keep talking and forgetting to smoke it, and then like it's doing that thing where it's about to go out but not quite. But I'm enjoying it. I think it's actually I'm power smoking as always. Yeah, 
Always. Yeah, dude. I I like it. I'm I'm at that point. I'm actually pretty far down. I, I smoked a good bit of it so far. Um, really easy smoke, no harsh flavors, which is always a, you know something. Especially I've I've learned from my own blends to watch out for. It's easy to make a cigar that's just really either too strong or doesn't burn well or just kind of yeah. has no. And I'm getting these really cool um, like a flambe. If you flambe bananas, that kind of like caramelized banana sweetness is yeah you're right yeah there's a lot more sweetness in this than i was expecting it's definitely got like a spicy backbone and the retro hail is real spicy from that asp lajero yeah um but it's like it's surprisingly layered with sweetness i wasn't really expecting that and jose says that pliny is definitely better in the keg in his experience absolutely it's always better in the keg um but the reason for that is because it ages slightly slower because of the volume in a keg. Um, So, I mean, I'm sure there's some algorithm to this, but I would say that it's something like a day in the keg is like a week in the can or something like that, or vice versa. A day in the the bottle is like a week in the keg. Uh, I mean, the kegs just age slower because there's so much more beer and and less air and no light in there. Um, And you don't have... I mean, there's a lot of air contact in bottling beer that people don't think about. Like, you have to have, it goes into a machine that puts it into the bottle, and then there's air before the cap gets on there and all that stuff. And a keg is just a better system all around, which is why um, something like a crowler is really good because crowlers kind of have a lot of the benefits of a keg, um, but they're 32 ounces instead of how, however many gallons a keg is. I think 15, something like that. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forget how much it is. It's it's quite a yeah. bit. I, I don't have any experience with kegs. I've never had a kegerator or anything. Um, and we forgot to take our first break here. So we're going to do that right now and then um, maybe power through the other breaks when we get there. We will be right back. And we're back. Um, and Dennis was just talking about how good this cigar is. And I realized what it reminds me of. Um, it reminds me a little bit of like a Velvet Rat or a Liga 9. I think just some of the filler combination is similar to that. You know, you should call this a Liga T. That's well, uh, I already had, what was the one that, uh, <laughs> Charlie, who used to be a regular on Cigar Federation, who's, uh, I think he stopped smoking cigars. He's kind of fallen off the face of the cigar world, um, but he probably just stopped smoking cigars. Um, he called my first version, which was a, it was close, it was meant to be closer to the T52. It had like the T52 wrapper and stuff, whereas this is a Connecticut broadleaf, like the nine. Um, and he called it a Tripa Pravada, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I always like that name. It's fitting. I like it. Um, so I'm going to talk about my second beer here because we've been going for a while. Um, we don't usually bullshit that much. Uh, so this is, again, this is a last-minute decision, guys. Uh, we didn't take pre-show notes or anything today. Uh, no holds barred. Yeah, we just, we just decided to wing it, have kind of a more casual episode than usual, which is why we forgot our commercial break. Uh, so this is from Sierra Nevada's, if it'll focus, there we go. This is from Sierra Nevada's Winter 12-pack. Uh, so it's it's actually a Winter IPA 12-pack. So I believe it came with it came with this one. The This is the Wintertide Ale, which is an ale brewed with spices. It came with Celebration, which is one of my absolute hands-down favorite winter beers. Um, it came with their Torpedo Double IPA. Actually, I'm mixing up two packs here. I'm just realizing that I, I mixed up two packs there. So this one was not the IPA pack. This was the Wintertime pack, uh, which was this Winter Tide Ale. It was their uh, their standard pale ale, their coffee stout, and a oddly named IPA called Holiday Haze. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've had that which one. Which appeared to be filtered. I mean, it was pretty clear. Yeah. Which is really surprising to me. It was like confusing. Yeah, it's not really hazy. I wouldn't call it hazy. I would call it, I don't know. I don't even know a word for it because it's really not hazy at all. Um, but as Bob Langmaid just said in the comments, I love Sierra Nevada. I think that they are kind of the grandfather of the modern craft brew. Uh, they started in the 80s at some point, I think. It says on some of their cans, but I don't. Um, but I think it was like the late or mid 80s they started. Thought it was on here somewhere. It must have been on the can that I was looking at the other day. Um, but they've been around for a while. And I don't think they've ever made like a really bad beer. 
everything they make is pretty is ranges from solid to really good and they still are uh it would be very easy for them to do what a lot of brewers end up doing eventually which is they kind of stop experimenting they're releasing beers they know are going to perform well on the market and they are making their regular production beers cheaper to make all the time by redu- by not necessarily reducing the quality but uh finding any way that they can to get a more efficiency out of it and sierra nevada seems to just not be doing any of that they just they make really good solid year-round beers and then in my opinion they have really good seasonals that are always a little bit weird um they don't take a lot of chances like some do uh but when they do they really take chances like i don't know if you had the uh beer camp like it's called beer across america or something like that they keep they teamed up with 12 different breweries to make 12 different collaboration beers. Yeah, uh, Beer Camp was cool. And the really cool thing about that collaboration is they could have just made all the beer themselves. But instead, they had different breweries make different uh, different collaborations. So they produced some collaborations. Um, I know they had Cigar City do a collaboration. Um, so you ended up with this weird mix of like, most of them are Sierra Nevada barrels or bottles. But then there were a couple of like 16 ounce cans and a couple of 12 ounce cans in there just because that's what those different breweries use, which is really cool. And they had some of the weirdest beers I've ever had from them in there. They had a um, a brown ale that had uh, yams in it, sweet potatoes and marshmallows. It was they they did some weird stuff, but all of it was really good. And I feel like that's their signature is always solid sometimes off the wall but always good i've never had a beer that i would call bad from but anyway, yeah, those guys are always solid for me too uh this is their winter tide ale uh it's a traditional they call it spiced ale um so i'm guessing that means kind of like a vasale kind of thing it says it's got a hint of coriander cinnamon nutmeg and ginger reminiscent of mom's holiday cookies so i'm going to take up sips while you talk about your next beverage and uh you know what? I, I took a sip while you were talking. I took a, the first sip of this this next beer that I have. Dude, I have to tell you, this is my winner. I know already. <laughs> Absolutely. This is going to be my winner for this cigar. <clears throat> so I'm drinking right now. I'll show you the can. From 21st Amendment Brewery in uh, San Francisco. Yep. A lot of you guys probably know about them. I've had their beers. They're, they're a pretty good distribution network. So this is called Lower de Boom. And it's barley wine, kind of a Belgian-ish barley wine. Uh, decently strong too. It is 11.5%, and you wow. can't taste it. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. Well, you probably feel it, but you can't taste it. And just to let you know, this this can is super small. It's funny. It's 8.4 ounces, like a kind of like a mini Red Bull can. Kind of cute. Comes in a little four pack. Um, well, I mean, I think I think Red Bull is also 8.4 ounces. It's a weird. Oh, is number. it really? Yeah. I oh, think so. I thought it was. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I I, th- I always thought it was 12 for some reason because I'm used to seeing the giant monster cans. Yeah, they do have 12 ounce and 16 ounce versions. Okay, this beer is really nice. It's uh, kind of dark. You can't really tell. It's got a really, really nice red haze to it. Uh, it's tough to tell from the camera. But yeah. as soon as I took the first sip, I knew those esters, that like nice hint of sweetness that you get, pairs so well with the cigar. It's insane. That was like I knew immediately. This is the the pairing: barley wine and the cigar. That's it. And and you know, speaking of the cigar, I have to say right now, or I'm smoking it at this point it's developing these really cool mocha flavors the mm-hmm. mocha is kind of getting a little bit dry a little bit in your face it's it's really popping out yeah i've definitely gotten a little bit of chocolate from like kind of a chocolatey sweetness um not like those those dry cocoa notes i get from a lot of broadleaf cigars um this has more of that like sweet milk chocolate kind of uh maybe actually dark chocolate not quite milk chocolate but not that dry um unsweetened cocoa flavor that i get in a lot oh, of cigars oh yeah and it smells so good. The room just smells awesome. So I'm impressed. I'm I'm really impressed, man. It's a Thank solid you. blend. I'll 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 note it for next time I go on Cigar Safari. I need a box. Give me a box, dude. <laughs> I I've I've tried to find out, um, but no one from Drew State has ever told me. I'm just curious if anyone has ever been like, I want more of my cigar, my Safari blend. I'll give you a thousand dollars for fifty of them, or something like that, and they like <laughs> they actually get them like in a box. But I think that's kind of kiboshed by the FDA. I don't think they can really do that anymore. Yeah, it could it could be. Yeah, unfortunately. But actually, they did do a 
a product called Safari Blends in 10 packs, now that I think about it. Oh, Maybe really? as long as they package them. Oh. Yeah, so uh, it was an event special about, I think it was about a year ago. It was like, I think it was t- summer of 2016 or so. Um, they had at a, I think it was an event in Chicago, if I remember correctly, where they had these little, uh, like, brown paper bundles, like the, you know, like those, uh, like the KFC bundles or something, just construction paper. But they had a, like a girl on it, which was really weird. It was like an anime style girl and it said Cigar Safari Blends. And, uh, I actually asked some people from, from DE about that just cause I was curious. And they said they just kind of, they, they do end up once in a while, um, you know, people will get curious and they'll just make a bunch of Cigar Safari Blend extras from people from stuff that people have blended and then like willie will go through and just smoke him and see what he thinks just because he's curious and apparently they did that with a couple and found like five or ten different blends that they thought were pretty good and so they made those into very very small production cigars uh and chico just asked what cigar we're smoking um so this is a cigar that you can never smoke but i said the blend earlier so actually you could make it if you ever go on cigar safari Uh, this is my custom blend from cigar safari um, I managed to get Dennis one, so we're we're smoking that tonight. And I wanted to smoke his, but I couldn't find one, so I don't know if I ever got one or not. We'll see. We'll figure that out later. Um, so this Winter Tide Ale is interesting. It reminds me a little bit of uh, in I, I think circa like 2003, maybe Pepsi made a winter spiced version of Pepsi. And oh, really, oh that's weird. Yeah, it okay. was weird. Uh, and Don Blaker, yes, from this March when you were there. This is the blend that I made. Um, it reminds me of that. I don't know if it's just the color because it like the color looks very Pepsi-ish, but it's got like the, a weird effervescence to it where it's like it's more like soda bubbles than beer bubbles. You know, like there's basically three levels of bubbles. There's champagne, beer, and then soda has kind of the biggest bubbles. And this has like big soda bubbles, which is it makes it like have a weird metallic kind of feel on the mouth, just strange. But the spices are actually pretty good. Um, I do think they overrun the cigar a little bit because I, I don't get as much of like that chocolate or that sweetness as I was before. I think the beer is just a little too sweet. And Don, it is the red label, it's the red label, it's like a six uh, or a seven by 46, I think I said. Yeah, seven by 46. Um, so it's like a weird super Lonsdale. So if you've got one, it's pretty good. I like it. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it more than I expected to. I mean when I make when I make a safari blend, I never really expect it to be very good. Um but I do suspect that they give you a little help. Like if they see some combination of tobacco and they're like that never works for anybody, they'll change it a little bit. They they I've never had one that tasted unsmokable, which is good. Yeah, they've they've all come out for me as well. They've they've come out pretty well. Um, I could just be an idiot savant, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just pick a bunch of tobaccos and it works out every time. How's your second pairing going? It's fantastic. It's, uh, man, I this is easily start to finish. I feel like I could drink this beer the whole time with the stick. Be perfect. I feel like I don't know if whether it's the beer. Because I've had this beer before and I remember it being pretty good. Um, but it just clashes with the cigar. It's got that, like, sweetness and... Um, it really does like, I can't get over the cola flavor. Like it's got that cola nut kind of flavor, which is bizarre. And I feel like has to be my imagination, but it just doesn't go well with the cigar. So I'm going to take a couple sips of my previous beer because it's amazing. Um, and Chico Ray wants to know how many times have you visited the cigar safari? Uh, Dennis and I, the, the first time we ever met was actually on Cigar Safari in 2015, which was... Uh, yes, 2015. Yeah, it, it was, our, it not, was both of our first Cigar Safaris. Not, uh, not counting Reddit, trading on Reddit, not realizing yeah. who each other were, which, which was yeah, really it funny. Was, it was really funny that we uh, were both on our cigars, and we had signed up for like a monthly trade that was... I don't remember what the theme was. It might have been oh, beer or something. Um, but I, I, I got this guy and we traded some beers and some cigars and stuff and, and it was good. Um, and then it was only like a few months later, like within four or five months that we went on our first cigar safari together and didn't realize that who (laughs) each other were like we met, 
and we got along really well and like we started talking on facebook and texting and stuff after that um and then the following year is when we realized it was like wait because on the following year there were a couple reddit people and we were talking about reddit and it was like wait that was you (laughs) um and then you realized that uh we had known each other even longer than we thought we had um and so there's a bunch of comments coming in here so don bleaker wants to know if there's going to be a cigar fed uh d de trip this year i don't believe there is um i won't get into the details there's no bad blood or anything like that we're still very good friends with the people at drew estate but uh there there's a uh, a business reason that it's probably not going to happen again um and Jose's trying to remind me that it's time for a commercial break. <laughs> Jose, we're doing a casual show here. We're going to go a little bit over. We'll get all our commercial breaks in. Um, Bob Langmay says he would love to go to Puro Sabor, but, um, and then just $3 signs. It costs money. It yeah. is expensive. It's not a cheap trip. But having been on it once, uh, it is 100% worth it. Um, I mean, if I could afford to go every single year for the rest of my life, I would buy all the tickets right now. Uh, it's it's just a different type of experience from anything else that I've been to. Um, I mean, I've, I've been to Nicaragua four or five times now, and Pro Sabor is the most comprehensive Nicaraguan experience for the money. Um, Cigar Safari is great because you go and you see the ins and the outs of Drew Estate, um, but it's only three days. You're there. You're basically at Drew Estate for two and a half days. Uh, on the th- on the third day, you leave first thing in the morning to go to the airport. So, you know, it's it's certainly cost less, but you're only getting the Drew Estate experience. With Puro Sabor, you get to experience like this giant festival that everybody in the industry is involved in almost, and you get to go see. I think I got to see seven different factories when I was That's there. That's awesome. And you're having lunch every day. You're having lunch at at a factory or a farm. We had lunch at AJ's farm. We had lunch at the Placencia factory. We had lunch at the My Father farm, which is really cool. You're eating in the tobacco field. They basically level out a portion of it so that they can put chairs and a stage and stuff there. And then you eat lunch there. It's really cool. And then at night, there are these big gala parties that even people who aren't involved in the festival can go to um, anyone in the industry can buy a ticket to specific nights. Um, so like one night there's the white party, which was really cool. They had like a, a live band on stage playing and then they did the, uh, it was actually, so Dennis actually, you know where it is. So it's across the street from the baseball stadium where the uh, El Brujito is that museum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly so, where that is. Yes, yeah. that plaza that's right there next to the museum, they set up this huge tent and everything oh, that's there. that's pretty cool. And then uh, they had a group that was from the museum do the El Wednesday play. Oh, nice. Like the okay. dance with the music and everything. It was really cool. Uh, and then another night they have the oh, gala, cool. which is like this high-end dinner. Everybody that I could think of in Esteli was there. Um, I mean, like even manufacturers like uh, like Black Label was there. Uh, James and Angela from Black Label were there, um, even though they I don't think they had any tours that were part of the festival. But still, everybody's in town. Why not go to this? Um, so even though there's only like 130 people, I think, were on the trip doing the whole thing. Um, I think there were 700 people there that night. It was crazy. And that was at Drew Estate. Um, at their factory and it's just like it's this really cool experience where you really get to try a lot of cigars um, and you get to rub elbows with a bunch of people in the industry which is really fun um and chico ray chico ray wants to know about pro cigar which is basically the equivalent for the dominican republic um and chico we will let you know in about two months because we're going to be there (laughs) Um, and we've never been before as as far as i've heard it's kind of like uh, Puro Sabor, but everything is more spread out there. They've got a couple different regions where they have cigar factories, so you end up going to a couple different places. And I've heard that it's a little bit less structured. Um, so on Puro Sabor, they apparently have changed it a couple times over the years, but everybody did the same first day. So everybody gets there, goes to Mombacho, tours Mombacho, then the next day they go to the coffee farm they go to the volcanoes and stuff like that went to lake nicaragua but then on day three uh which is wednesday 
everybody breaks up. So before you go on the trip, you choose a group. I think there were seven different groups. And depending on which group you're in, it determines which factories you get to see. Um, so I got to see certain factories. But then because I chose that group, there were other factories that I didn't get to go see. At Pro Cigar, apparently, basically in the morning, you sign up for which factory you want to see that day. And then they do the tour to the factory and you come back and they, you sign up for what you want to see that afternoon and then go to the factory and come back. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see that. I've never been to the Dominican report before. Um, and I'm, I'm just really excited to see Pro Cigar. And I've heard that it's a lot of fun. And all right. So we are going to take a break now. We'll be right back after a message. Should be a good time. I need to relight my cigar, which is the main reason we're going on a break. Uh, but we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. That makes sense. And we're back. Um, smoking my my custom made safari blend here, which like we were saying before, I'm I I think I did a pretty good job with this. Um, Absolutely, dude, it's I, I'm loving it. I I think it turned out pretty good. It really is a nice. All right, let me see about the rest of these comments because we've we've got comments coming through. Um, wow, it's a busy night, huh? Yeah, I well I think everybody's I, I don't know about off work, but people are you know people are just hanging out this week. Um. Chico Race says, enjoy that beautiful island of the Dominican Republic. We will. I'm really excited to, to see it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I obviously I love Nicaragua. I've been a bunch of times and I'll, I'll go back every year until I die probably uh, for one reason or another. Um, but I've never been to the DR and they're just as important to cigar culture as Nicaragua. Um, in my opinion, Nicaraguan tobacco is better, but that's not saying Dominican tobacco is bad. I'm, I, actually really like dominican uh i think nicaraguan tobacco is just better just like i think nicaraguan is better than cuban tobacco it doesn't mean that it's actually better my palate works better with it uh lewis says he's going to be the habano festival lou lou rodriguez that's lou liga um, oh all the social media uh dude enjoy that i've heard really good things about Habano. yeah i hear it's a really nice festival so um after that miss with my my wintertime Pepsi flavored beer. <laughs> I'm gonna move on to. I decided to go three totally di- different directions this time because I was I didn't really know what to expect with this cigar. Um, and Chris Kelly says I'm right. Nicaraguan tobacco is better. I mean, I prefer. My palate loves Nicaraguan tobacco, man. Um, but I know that's not the case for everybody. And and Dominican tobacco is still good. Like there are a lot of really good cigars that use both Nicaraguan and Dominican. Um, but, you know, for me, a Nicaraguan Puro is probably going to win every time. So my next drink here is something fancy. Not too fancy, though. This is Willet, and it is their three-year uh, rye. So this is rye aged by the Willet fam- family. Um, you'll hear a lot like the Willet Pot Still Reserve and some of their other bottles that are on the cheaper end are not actually fam- They're not actually made on the Willet family estate. They're agreed up, they're uh, distilled other places, they're aged other places, and then they basically bottle it and put their name on it. Um, so this is kind of the youngest Willet whiskey that you can get that is actually Willet. So this is the same spirit as some of the older ones, just obviously younger. Um, and it says it is their family estate bottled small batch rye aged in hand-selected white oak barrels for three years, hand-bottled at cast strength. Um, so the cask strength on this is actually kind of reasonable at 55.6. It's still pretty hot, but that's not like, yeah, you know, it's not bad at all. Easier, uh, casks or cask strength out there. Like I've had them up to 70, which is insane and like hard to drink. And Jose, this is not the SNS bottle. I could not get my hands on one of those. I tried and I was unfortunate that I did not get to, but those are bourbon, not rye. I think those are the, if I remember correctly, those are the five year bourbon single barrel. And this is the uh, the three-year rye. So I'm going to take a couple sips of this and let you talk about yours. I got a funky pairing from my life, as, as was mo- most of mine. But uh, So this is a brewery from New Jersey, and I think Matt might appreciate it. Bolero mm. Snort. Really cool label. I'm, I'm digging this label. It's really I, funky. Um, I don't know what it was. It was something about a hacker, but he did have a beer from that brewery. Oh, he did. He did. I remember that show, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of their, I guess, limited release beers, one of the one-offs that they had. Mm-hmm. Weird because I'm not a brown ale guy. I just can't get into brown ales. Not a fan. Haven't had a good one. This is the first one I've had that's actually really good. I, w- I was going to say, you, you have to have one that's been in a barrel for a little while. That makes a brown ale way yes. better. 
<laughs> well, barreling, you could you could put old bananas in a barrel. They would taste great. That's true. <laughs> so this one is a smoked brown ale with coffee and maple syrup, and it's called Mounty, but Moonty, I guess. You know, they got a bovine thing going yeah, on. Yeah, they got a cow thing going yeah. on. Everything's got to be a cow joke. And, you know, typical brown ale. Looks good. Kind of typical body when you would expect but man the smoked aspect of it the malt really sticks out in a nice way in a really really good way and the coffee is really maple syrup flavor is not cloying and a lot of beers that have maple syrup are they kind of overdo it this mm. is really nicely balanced it's um you know it's, it's a great beer i by far the best brown ale i've ever had and i've had a wow. lot and i've and i've <laughs> said no to many more so the will i think actually goes really well with this um it's got like it's got a ton of sweetness for a rye, way more sweetness than I would expect out of a rye. Typically, a rye, you get kind of that um, that kind of dry fl- kind of feeling on the mouth because yeah. there's not a lot of sweetness there. And then you get that spice from the rye. Um, and this still has the spice, but it's also got some upfront sweetness that I think probably comes from being so young. Um, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about how aging is great. Uh, you know, 20-year-old scotch, 30-year-old scotch is great. But there's always a trade-off. No matter what, there's always a trade-off. And one of those trade-offs is you you lose that like that rich sweetness on the front of the palate um, when you age whiskey for that long. Uh, you're you're losing some of the characteristics of the spirit. You're gaining more characteristics from the wood. Um, so you know, typically, I I tend to prefer stuff that's about ten years or so. Um, but this this is actually really good. I mean, I don't know what I smoked this with last time or what I drank this, what I paired it with last time. Um, I know I've had it on the show before, but I don't remember it being this good. It's got like that that almost mapley like brown sugar kind of sweetness right up front. And then you end up with that spice that lingers and that heat coming down your throat because it's such a, you know, I mean, it's, it's young and high proof, um, which old high proof can be pretty smooth and young low proof can be smooth. Yeah. Uh, I've never had something that's young and high proof. That's particularly smooth. Um, but I think this is kind of as close as it gets. You've got some heat, but it's not like that singeing your palate kind of heat where, you know, you can feel it burning taste buds off. Um, I don't get any of that. I'm going to, I'm going to take a couple more sips while you talk about your brown ale. So um, it's really nice. It's really clean. Maple flavor, just comes out in such a great way. You would think maple syrup, like I said before, is not, not going to do it. These guys really hit the mark with this, and I've had a lot of their beers in the last couple of days and last week. And, you know, they, they make really solid beers, whether it's an IPA or whether it's a brown ale. They make great stuff. Um, this is really good, man. I And honestly, I'd probably say the best beer I've had from them so far. Wow. And I've had their, I've had their Fruity Pebbles IPA. I've had their uh, Strawberry... Uh, strawberry creamsicle IPA. I've had all, all those beers, and this is really just the, the most unique, but also the most well balanced. It's tough when you have smoked malt. It's really tough to get a really yeah. good balanced flavor. It's either really intense and too much, or it's just not enough. And these guys hit the mark with that. All right. So on to some audience comments. Um, so who was it? Let me see. Chico Ray was talking about uh, remember Brugal Brugal fifteen. Oh, um, yes. I've never had Brugal fifteen. Um, but it is a Dominican rum, I believe. It is um, pretty tasty. And I've had the 1888. I had it on the show a week or two ago, which he mentioned later in the comments. Apparently, they changed the bottle, which is why I haven't seen it around. Um, but the the 1888, I kind of went out on a limb. I was at the liquor store. I wanted to get... Um, in Oregon, we can look up what liquor store has what liquors. And I forgot this day. But I wanted to buy... Like, I was at the grocery store or something... And I wanted to get some uh, Florida Kanye 18. And I went in and they didn't have it. The only, they didn't have any decent rums. Like everything they had was like Bacardi Gold and Bacardi 151 and Bacardi this and Bacardi that. And they had the the fake Bacardi Havana Club. Oh, and I was yeah. like, no, I don't want any of this. But then I saw the Brugal and it was like 50 bucks for a rum that I know nothing about. And I took the chance on it. And it turned out to be one of the best rums I think I've ever bought. Um, I mean, that rum is just so good and so bourbony, and it's, it's really fantastic. Nice. So I, I really actually am looking forward to trying the 15. I need to try to get my hands on some of that. Uh, Don Bleeker says, 
to try uh, Four Roses Small Batch. I know I've had it, but I don't, like, I can't recall it. Like, I know I had it early on in my bourbon drinking career, which I've been in for about a decade. Um, so I, it's been a long time since I had that. I need to revisit that one. Uh, and Stuart Wallace wants to know what cigar, um, and Don already answered him because, because Don's the best, but this is, if, in case you're not looking at the comments, this is my Safari blend from this year. Um, so for anybody who's either just joining us or wasn't paying attention before, I'll go over the blend quickly. Um, so this is, let me get to this page here. So it's a Connecticut Broadleaf medium wrapper. Uh, which is basically the same wrapper that's on like the uh, the Liga Provada number nine is I think a higher priming than this. Um, I believe the mediums is the same wrapper as on the Nicarustica. Uh, the binder is Mexican San Andreas, which is one of my favorite wrappers, but I'd used it as a wrapper a couple times before on my Safari blends, and I wanted to change it up. Um, and then it's gone one Seiko leaf from ASP Esteli, uh, three Viso leaves, one from ASP Esteli, one from J.M. Esteli, and one from uh, Drew Estate's Farm in Jalapa, and then half a leaf each of ASP Lajero and Drew Estate Jalapa Lajero. Um, so it's it's really got a lot of sweetness from all that Viso, and then a little bit of heat from those uh, two pretty strong Lajero leaves. Uh, I mean, ASP Lajero is, as far as Drew Estate's concerned, it's by far the strongest Lajero that they have. Yeah, the Jalapa yeah. stuff is great too. Yeah, and, and Don Bleeker is right. He says very smooth and sweet. That's exactly what it is. It's got a little bit of spice, enough to balance out the sweetness a little bit. Um, but, I mean, kind of the story is like sweet, sugary, biscuity kind of sweetness yeah. and a little bit of chocolate. Um, it's very reminiscent of like pastries, like sweet chocolatey pastries, at least for my palate. I'll tell uh, you, for me, I had a waffle this morning, and I'll tell you, it's uh, – um, I, f- I forget the brand. It's one of those uh, – it's got a bear on it. That's all I know. Ego? What's that? Ego? No, unfortunately not Ego. But um, oh, Kodiak. The Kodiak waffles. They make okay. a dark chocolate waffle. And dude, this cigar is literally a Kodiak waffle, dark chocolate. That's that's where it's at. Wow. Best way okay. I can put it. And that, actually, I I get that. It's got it's got like that breadiness, but also a ton of sweetness. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then a little bit of spice. Like, um, I mean. I hate using the term, but it's like a peppered in kind of spice where it's not over the top. It's not in your face, um, yes. but it comes and goes kind of. And it's still a strong cigar. Don't get me wrong. It, it has the power for, you know, a proper Nicaraguan cigar, but it's not um, inaccessible. And it's not. It's really yeah, well I mean, you say that, but now that I'm getting into the final third, it's getting a lot stronger. So, I, I mean, at least the, the draw that I just had was pretty intense, pretty spicy and strong. Um, and, I mean, basically this entire episode has been an ad for them, but our our final uh, break is brought to you by Drew Estate. Um, I mean, they made these cigars we're smoking. Uh, we've been talking about Safari the whole time. Uh, if you haven't been on Safari, go on Safari and tell them that you want the trip special. They won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but watch this episode again, and then you can tell them exactly which leaf you want. Um, and also, you can get cool stuff painted, like my Norteño hat here, uh, which has, like, I haven't figured out exactly what it is, but it's like a vista of Lake Nicaragua that's really cool. I just haven't figured out exactly if that's it or if it's something else. But it's you can get some cool stuff painted by them um, and have a lot of fun while they're doing it. Sorry, i got to make sure my cigar doesn't go out again. And of course... Yeah. My regular fashion, I'm almost done because I've been power smoking this thing. That's how you roll, man. I'm going to go back through my, or I'm actually just going to go back to my first pairing, uh, which is the Fortunate Sun uh, Ultra Hazy, probably lactose milky IPA. And it's it's just so fruity. Like, I feel like as it's warming up, it's getting a little less fruity and a little more hoppy. I'm getting more of like that citrusy hops than I am that fruity sweetness because before it was more fruits like mangoes and papaya and stuff like that and now it's kind of got a little bit of that like uh almost grapefruity orangey lemony kind of citrusy um which there's actually now that i mention it there's a lot of grapefruit in here, which i really like i love grapefruit in an ipa um whether or not grapefruit is even added uh it's kind of one of those flavors that comes with hops certain hops um that's unavoidable <laughs> 
Jose says that bird has the longest balls. That's actually its <laughs> tail. I like. I don't know. Yeah, it is the Norteño bird. I forget what they're called. I've seen them like live in Nicaragua. You can see them there. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I know it's part of the tail. I'm not sure what part of its anatomy that is, though. <laughs> and Don Bleeker loves that yeastiness. I'm guessing. I'm guessing he's talking about this. Um, or actually, he might be talking about the cigar, and we were talking about like the the bready flavor. The bready flavor. That's probably what he's talking about because it seems like that comment was too recent to be that. And let me fix the comments are messed up here. Oh no, they're just that's weird. The comments are just running a little bit behind. I'm we're still figuring out this this live commenting thing on the screen. Um, like as you can see, Don put a couple of little pukey faces in chat, and they just come up as squares. Um, and that may or may not have broken this widget entirely um, because oh his his latest comment came up and it missed like three comments. So I mean this thing's a work in progress. It's not perfect, guys. Don is a Canadian. You gotta watch out for yeah, this guy. Yeah, that's what it is. Don's hacking it. Um, yeah, man, this is a good cigar. I'm I'm digging on this thing. So your job now is actually to to go and get a couple of boxes in exchange for some beer. <laughs> I could try. Um, I, you know, I have one. This is the only one I have. I, I smoked it, and now I want some more. Yeah, understandable. I mean, it's actually. Um, I mean, again, uh, it's it'd be easy to like be facetious and toot my own horn here. Um, but it's actually a pretty good cigar. I'm impressed by it. Like, uh, even if I hadn't blended it, this would be a pretty damn good cigar. And it, it still reminds me a lot of like a, a Velvet Rat kind of vibe. The Velvet yeah, Rat is absolutely it's, it's better. It's got that smoothness. It's very smooth. Absolutely. All right. So what what was your pairing of the night? The, the brown yeah, ale? No. You know what? The brown ale was really good. The barley wine. The uh, 21st Amendment. Oh, really? Lower de, lower de Boom. Lower de Boom. 21st Amendment was Really to finish. It was the perfect pairing for the cigar where it didn't take, take away from the flavors and it also had something to add to it. And, and when I look for a pairing, I want a good balance between the two. I don't want any any one of the two mm-hmm. things to take away from the other. Yeah, I, I think that's um, my dilemma right now is I'm not sure whether it's the Fortunate Sun IPA, which I mean, this is one of the best IPAs I've ever had. Um, I think the Willet might be a slightly better pairing, though, just because that sweetness and that spice of the Willet goes really well with the sweetness and the spice of the cigar because it's a completely different type of sweetness and a completely different type of spice. And I feel like it just complements the cigar really well. I would, I want to give it to the beer, but it's it's the Willet. Um, and for this particular Willet, I don't know, like for all of our listeners and viewers, I don't know how easy it will be to find in your neck of the woods. Um, it's actually kind of it's remarkably easy to find in the Oregon area uh, because we have state-run liquor stores and it's easy to track down which stores in the state have a bottle. Um, and I think probably because it's not one of the it's not like the five-year or the I think they have a seven-year. Um, this is kind of their youngest expression. I think it's a little easier to find, but it still runs like seventy bucks a bottle. It's not cheap stuff, um, but it is very good. And if you can't get this, try to find the Willet Pot Still Reserve. A lot of people seem to hate that, but I like it a lot. I think it's got a uh, like a a spicier, drier version of a a weeded bourbon. Weeded bourbon bourbon's great. I'm a big fan. Yeah, me too. Um, particularly Weller. Weller is my favorite bourbon. Yeah. Um, and it's a unique. It really is a unique bourbon flavor. You can actually speak to the flavors of that versus any other type of bourbon. Yeah, you nice. can. You can really taste it. Um, it kind of balances out. Like um, John and I talk a lot about how. In a lot of bourbons, there's that very pronounced corn flavor. You can really yes. taste like that malted corn. And weeded bourbon kind of balances that out with a little bit more sweetness and rounds it out a little more so it's yeah. not as sharp of a corn flavor. Um, and then it doesn't have like the spice that rye brings in to balance out that corn flavor. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of weeded bourbons, as I've displayed on the show before. Sorry, I'm, I'm going through the comments here because the comments are getting weird. Some of the comments aren't showing up at all on Facebook even. Oh, that's weird. Oh, there we go. He says, Don Bleeker says weeded bourbons are his favorite because they're less hot, which is exactly what it is. They, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. They just don't have as much heat. And and Jose says weeded bourbon is the ish. Try larceny <laughs> bourbon. I, that's on my list. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have that in the next couple weeks at some point. I'll get it. Um, and Chico yeah, Ray larceny's says, pretty cool. I've never had it. Chico Ray says pro cigar. 
Brugal eighteen eighty eight and fifteen. Um, yeah, I gotta try that fifteen, man. Um, hopefully they have it at Pro Cigar. That would be good. Uh, but I mean, even if they don't, I need to buy some. I'm I'm starting to run low on rum, which is never a good thing. All right, any closing comments, Dennis? Dude, seriously, solid cigar, man. Really impressed. Thank you. Nice blend. It for me, you know, I go for really spicy, really strong in your face cigars and this wasn't in your face but it's subtle and it was just awesome and for me like i could pick this up anywhere anytime and enjoy it so kudos to you on the blend i know it's been a couple of years you've been going through different types of blends and, and really that recipe for yourself it fits really well yeah thank you I, I, like i said i i'm really impressed by it i like it a lot all right and thank you everybody for watching thank you everybody for listening for uh for commenting weighing in on on what we're talking about uh we appreciate you guys watching Stuart wallace wants to know where he can get the cigar unfortunately uh <laughs> this is once in a while we do an episode where there's a cigar you guys can't get and this is one of those times so this is a cigar that i had custom made on my cigar safari if you go on cigar safari uh you can make your own and if you want to you could make the same blend um i mean i would recommend it this is a fantastic blend as as far it's one of the best cigar safari blends I've had, which is like a bunch of dummies writing down what tobacco they think would go to bet together the best and then not tasting them. So um, it's you know it's different and it's special because it's something you made, not necessarily just because it tastes pretty good. Um, but you know when you come up with your own blend, it's it's just cool. Uh, but thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for watching. We appreciate you guys out there. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening on the Armed Forces Radio Network out there doing things we're not built to do. Um, and here at Sharing Our Pairings, we want you to drink better, but we want you to drink less.